Coming up on episode 50 of Anchor Persons. Let's crack open a cold one. Cold case, that is. Being of sound mind and body, I hereby donate my body to capitalism. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. You know how to draw, don't you? You just put your lips together and blow. And what does anti-Sesame Street hysteria have to do with Rick Rolling? Stay tuned to learn. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Anchor Persons. From the south and east of the northwest, the land of trees and rivers, now in 60 shades of gray, it's Anchor Persons with Gene and Greg Person. Featuring sports, emotional weather, food crime, the podcast shopping network, and more. Anchors weigh you down. Cut loose with your news. Here's Gene and Greg. Good evening, wherever you are, whoever you are, and welcome to the Anchor Persons Show. I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. I normally say no relation here. That's because there's no relation. Anchor Persons is a news show for people who don't like news shows by people who don't like news shows. And I am now well over 27,000 words into my novel in like 10 days, which is more writing than I've ever done before in that amount of time. Things are going at a steady clip. I was able to dedicate a little more time to my notes this week than I was last week, but I've decided to go with no jokes. So this will be a fun experiment. I'm also not going to write a stinger, so... Yep, but the good news is, folks, when the novel is finished, Gene will be reading it in its entirety as an episode of the podcast. It's going to be <laughs> about a 23-hour episode. long episode. <laughs> but All right. This, this is where you finally get the value of that Patreon subscription. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's get into tonight's For story beats. Patrons. The Biden administration's massive $1 trillion infrastructure bill passed after being slashed down from a much higher investment in order to attract bipartisan votes. This landmark legislation will offer Americans at long last a bridge into the infrastructure of the late 20th century. The Spanish priest who left the church for a writer of satanic erotica is now inseminating pigs. Artificially, you freak, settle down. A rioter from the January 6th insurrection is seeking asylum in Belarus. If he thinks freedoms in America are limited, this should be a fun story to watch. A California middle school teacher has been removed for telling students that Trump is still president. And that middle school teacher was JFK Jr. Republicans continue to use the let's go Brandon coded phrase because that way they can still be on a different page than all the progressives saying fuck Joe Biden. The U.S. Navy has named a ship after gay rights hero Harvey Milk to be commanded by Captain Crunch. A private equity firm has acquired security company McAfee for $14 billion. McAfee installed itself in their headquarters and is looking forward to using the vast majority of their resources, slowing the regular business to a crawl. The necrophiliac and serial killer David Fuller was a perfect gentleman, according to his former mistress. But she might not be the best judge of character. Republican Senator Josh Hawley publicly stated that he believes feminism has driven men to pornography and video games. But if the alternative to feminism is being someone like Josh Hawley, then excuse me while I enter the Konami code into Pornhub. CNN reports that the effort to find another Earth is heating up. 
but not as fast as the Earth is. All right, great story beats this week. Uh, Let's move on to our main news. All right, well, folks, this week, Ted Cruz and other conservatives are mad about Big Bird again. They're mad about Sesame Street because Big Bird got a vaccine to show the kids that it's okay to get a vaccine. And even telling kids that it's okay to take medicine now is... is, uh, too politically charged so they're coming for sesame street again they've been coming for sesame street for god i don't know since it was founded um because they they just hate the idea of public television on principle but Mm. um this one and and the fact that the charge on this one is led by the most loathsome man in america is not going to help them but yeah ted Ted cruz really is the hillary clinton of the right (laughs) He absolutely is. But uh, what does that have to do with... Rick Rolling? Well, Greg, we're no strangers to fun. You know the rules, and so do I. A little fake-out's what I'm thinking of, and you wouldn't get this from any other guy. Although I guess that last part is untrue. Everyone does this. Rick Rolling is the phenomenon where you, uh, you fake someone out linking instead to the video of Rick Astley singing Never Gonna Give You Up. Um, In the past, we've covered similar internet phenomenon like Lemon Party and, of course, The Game. Really? You're gonna do that? We're like five minutes in? All right. That's how we're playing. So that's that's what Rick Rolling is. is, uh, It's a clever way to trick people and, and people will disguise the link in any number of ways or fake out with you know, a cold open that then becomes never going to give you up. It's, it's been around forever. Everyone knows about this. I've done it mostly with smash Mouth's seminal hit all-star quite a lot, but this has been going on so long by now. It appears that we're, we're never going to give it up. Well, so here's a parallel between these two things that I see right off. Mm -hmm. In both cases, you have something that seems like it's something you might be interested in. Right. Uh, like if you see something and you're like, oh, Sesame Street. I love Sesame Street. What's happening? And you click on it. And then you're like, oh, it's a Ted Cruz thing. Never mind. Fuck that guy. I hope he dies in a fire. Right. So that's that's interesting. <laughs> it's almost like being Shapiroed. Now, what is being Shapiroed? That's when uh, you think you're about to, to click on a, a really incredible, well-assembled uh, rap video. And instead, it's just a rant by Ben Shapiro about his inadequacies as a man. There's probably a lot of those going around. It's the most common kind of video on YouTube. Let's be honest. It's a genre unto itself. (laughs) Do you remember when it was a whole thing on Twitter because uh, Ben Shapiro's doctor wife told him that women's pussies aren't supposed to get wet? (laughs) Right. They're supposed to be dry. They're not supposed to get wet. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know who to feel worse for in that scenario. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let's be, it's, it's Mrs. Shapiro, because even though she married Ben Shapiro, nobody should ever feel worse than Ben Shapiro. That's true. That's true. So what other connections can we find here? They're both primarily internet phenomena that you couldn't possibly explain to somebody who wasn't on the internet all day. Yeah, yeah, but... But I was going to say they're both kind of things that you hate in a sense, but you hate Rick rolling in kind of a fake, ah, oh, you got me sort of way. You just hate Ted Cruz. There's no, 
Yeah, no, no, nobody's ever like, ah, Ted Cruz, but he's all right. He's not all right. Nobody thinks like, so. The one funny thing he's ever said is when they cracked the 340 cipher for Zodiac and Ted Cruz was like, darn. And that was really funny, but it was it, it pissed me off that he was the one who made the joke. So. so even when he's good, he's bad. Right. Well, my favorite, my favorite thing about Ted Cruz is that it's literally everyone. Like, the other conservative Republican Freedom Caucus guys, they can't stand him. Well, because he's this... Uh, it's hard to describe his general look. Trollish, I would say. Yeah, or, like, bathes in milk? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that'll do it too. <laughs> he, to me, he looks like um, he looks like a like a children's cartoon drawing of the littlest ogre. Oh, right, right, mixed with droopy dog. Yeah, I get that. I fucking hate that guy so much, and he's <laughs> so so smug. Right, he's one of the top five smuggest men in America, which is a high bar to clear. And it's amazing that he rose to such prominence in a in a country known for its hatred of smuggling. I don't know about that one, man. You don't know? I, I'm just telling you I don't know. I'm not I'm not judging it either way. I'm I'm telling you that I'm incapable of judging it because I do not know. There's the smuchness. <laughs> well, what do you think? I think we we got a pretty good beat on this one. We love Big Bird, we hate Ted Cruz. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Big Bird. I, I love Sesame Street. It taught me a lot of stuff when I was growing up. There was an old man. I don't remember his name. I want to say it was Mr. Farley, but I, I don't know that that was actually it. But anyway, he ran the the store in Sesame Street. And I remember um, there was an episode where he died. And I remember that. And that kind of messed me up. And then my parents bought me this tape of Sesame Street Sings and he was on there. And that was my first real experience with kind of mourning and uh, remembering someone that it I was, cared about. It, it was interesting. Uh, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. No, you're you fine. Um, Farley was the name of a puppet on Sesame Street. I'm not okay. looking to see who died on Sesame Street. Was it Mr. Hooper? No, I was right. It was Mr. Hooper. Okay. I, yeah, because I do dimly remember that because there was a whole thing of like, didn't the actor die? And then they said, well, okay, how are we going to write him off the show? And they were like, this is a time to teach kids about death. Right. And they also did a book called I'll Miss You, Mr. Hooper. God damn. Now so that, I miss Mr. Hooper. Yeah. But I mean, that's important stuff. That's real important stuff. That's right up there with, you know, Mr. Rogers talking about JFK's assassination. When people die, they don't come back. Okay, I'm about to start crying. We, we got to start talking about something else, please, like right away. <laughs> okay, let's talk about uh, something happy, because that means we're not going into breaking news anytime soon. <laughs> well, here's here's some good news that's kind of tangentially related. Someday, Ted Cruz will die. <laughs> oh, God, that's great. That's fantastic. Where did you well, hear this? Actually, hold on. We do not know that. We don't, because... He should look a lot older than he does because, I mean, he was killing people back in the 70s. Sure, sure. You know, as long as as long as long he keeps bathing in that milk, he's going to live a good long while. The milk of what? Don't even... I don't want to know. 
yeah, I don't think I don't think it's incumbent on me to answer that question. All right, let's move on to breaking news. Let's do it. Elsie Saunders, a Louisiana woman, uh, carried out her husband David's last wishes by donating his body to science. This is a good thing. Her husband had died of COVID. He was a veteran of a couple of wars. And uh, considering he, he considered donating his body to be a, a, you know, a last act of patriotism. And she wanted to honor those wishes. And I think that's great. When he was donated, his body wound up in a, ho- a hotel ballroom here in Oregon for an Oddities and Curiosities Expo where he was dissected in front of a paying crowd who paid up to $500 each to watch the gruesome spectacle. Hmm. So, how this story breaks. A reporter at the event immediately was kind of like, I want to know who this body was, and noticed that there was a name tag on the body uh, bracelet with uh, the name David Saunders on it. He tracked down the widow and let her know what was going on. She obviously felt it was un- it was horrible and unethical, and she is absolutely right. Um, so the body was donated to Louisiana State University. They rejected the body ultimately because it had COVID, but they already had the body at that point, so they sold it to a private Las Vegas company called MedEd Labs, which is a firm that sells cadavers to medical schools. So that, you know, med students can dissect them and learn from, you know, the process. Mm-hmm. Um, but MedEd sold the body instead to DeathScience.org, who MedEd claimed was dishonest about how the body would be used. They apparently told the firm they were going to use it for a medical class. But Death Science then clapped back and they said um, that they fully disclosed the body would be used in a lecture attended by people who are not exclusively medical students. It's a real they said, they said. Hmm. Well, if I may interject. Sure. It seems to me that we don't we don't like this outcome of people paying to watch this guy be dissected not for any educational purpose really but just mm-hmm. for the lurid thrill of seeing a, a splayed open dead body right right but at the but, same time but also also because it's kind of against his wishes and it's kind of against his family's wishes right he had wanted to be used to advance science in some way not to you know, be a spectacle. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he was rejected by these other institutions. So at some point, that body was just going to get thrown away. That's not true. So MedEd, they would have eventually passed his body on to a school or something for dissection. Uh, it was only because this was supposedly a school that it was going to, or a class of some kind, that the body was given up. If we believe MedEd's story, I it's not like they were just going to throw him in the trash. But I think throwing him in the trash would have been better than what ended up happening. Hmm. So I'm going to keep 
going on my little rant here real quick. Oh, please do. And and filling you in on a couple of more details. A Louisiana funeral home is determined to track down David's remains, cremate them for free, and return them to Mrs. Saunders. This story is kind of horrible. Um, I tried to come up with a lot of jokes for it, but it just made me angry every time. <laughs> like, on an intellectual level, I know that when you're dead, your body doesn't really matter to you but i still feel like this is just as bad if not worse than some of the other stories we've covered because while it's only one man there was actual profit made and this is peak capitalism this is a primary example of the kind of exploitation at play and i feel for this woman i feel for her because she was duped just like everyone else in this economic madhouse and i have a proposal of what i'd like to see happen would you like to hear it I would. The CEO of MedEd and the CEO of Death Science should both sign a waiver saying that they and their families have no say in what happens to their corpse when they die. The corpses get auctioned off to the higher bidder and all proceeds go to charities that provide medicine to the underprivileged. If this really isn't that big of a deal, if it really is that easy to pass the buck, they should both volunteer to make this right on a karmic level. What say you? That seems eminently fair. Yeah. You know, All right. we've uh, we've talked a lot about how we'd like our bodies disposed of after we die on this show, because that's the show. Mm -hmm. I've decided in the last two seconds that what I want now is for my body to be turned into dog food. Just okay. to nourish the next generation of good boys. All right. Well, I will do my best to honor your wishes, my friend. Okay. It's on the podcast now, so that's legally binding. Okay. It's not, but okay. <laughs> okay. Well, for my breaking news story, this one's got a lot of details, a lot of ins and outs, a lot of what have yous, mm -hmm. but I'm not, I'm not going to get into all of them. So in 1996... Uh, the owner of a convenience store was stabbed over 70 times. He was stabbed a bunch and robbed. And But the person who stabbed him also got injured and left some blood on the door handle of the convenience store. So fast forward 25 years, and this guy, who lived not too far from there, is finally caught because they had saved some of this DNA. They gave the DNA to one of these ancestry.com type places that tests your DNA. Mm -hmm. uh, they found that it, it matched uh, relatives of this guy. And so then based on people from that same family who were in the area, they took a look at this guy. They got a search warrant from a judge to try and get some DNA from him. And they finally got some off of an old beer can he was throwing out. And so mm. that's why this guy is finally going to jail for murder 25 years later. Well, that's how they call it, caught the uh, Golden State Killer. You right. know, it was through the, the pool of, of genetics that these private companies have developed. And it's, it's interesting to me because here at this time, you know, after, after a year or two, right, you figure you've probably gotten away with it. Mm -hmm. And you relax. And then 25 years later, the other shoe drops because of technology that did not exist at that time. 
So it makes me wonder, crimes that you have committed that you got away with in the moment is some new technology like a time machine going to be developed that they're going to be able to go back and see that in 1999 you spray painted a picture of a dick onto the side of a building and uh, you're finally going to pay. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot to worry about in that regard. I think that murder is a little different from spray painting a dick, though. Yeah, I'm just saying if, if the technology ever comes about that we actually can be held responsible for all of our past crimes. Like most of what I'll have to worry about if that happens is a couple of very small speeding tickets because occasionally when I'm driving on the freeway, now I know this is going to be a surprise to some of you. I will let, I will let my speed creep up to about two or three miles over the speed limit. Jesus. I can't believe that we've been doing a podcast together for this long. And I never knew that. I know I'm a monster. I guess it's true what they say though. You never really know somebody and, and years (laughs) from now I'll be saying, yeah, no, he was quiet, kept to himself. Mm-hmm. Except for the podcast that we did together. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I never knew that that he sometimes went as fast as 68 miles an hour on the highway. <laughs> yeah, I know. You don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me. I'm a loner, Dottie. A rebel. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to move on. Let's uh, Let's get into the fake true story for the week. I'm really excited about this one. A man in Brazil jumped into a lake to escape a swarm of bees, drowned, and was eaten by piranhas. While we don't want to make light of such a tragic event, we do imagine he had some pretty stern words for the Grim Reaper. So I'm dead. Oh yeah. Extremely. Like there's no such thing as being extra dead, but if there was, you would be. Cool, thanks for being a dick about it. It was just your time. My time to die of three things at once? Fuck you. Why not a heart attack or something? Millions of people died of heart disease this year. Only one died of bees and drowning and piranhas. So you get bored at work and I have to die a cartoon-ass death that was also, by the way, not that you asked, extremely terrifying and painful. It could have been worse. Oh yeah? How? I don't know yet, but I wouldn't envy the guy it happens to. Now if you would please open this door and claim your eternal reward. This one right here? With the yellow and black stripes? Yes. Man, fuck you, that's bees. It is your eternal reward. Is it more bees? Is that my eternal reward? Your eternal reward is for you to know, and only you. Why would it be bees? You got a bee-colored door making bee sounds. Just open the door. If it's bees in there, I swear to God. It's bees. Fuck you! 
Greetings, gentle listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also like Brosé, a mirthy talk show starring four bros who sip wine and consider questions submitted by you, the audience, about current events, pop culture, and which Muppet you should get tattooed on your back. Subscribe to Brosé wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-R-O-S-E. Brosé, the podcast for those who drink rosé. It is time for Touching Touching Tips. With Gene and Greg, let's touch our tips. This right. week's theme is uh, thrift shopping. Every store is a thrift store if you print your own money at home. The thrift shop is a great place to find a suit a few sizes too large in case you're ever looking to recreate David Byrne's stunning performance of Once in a Lifetime from the classic concert film Stop Making Sense. A lot of people go to thrift stores to find antiques, but remember that any piece of crap becomes an antique eventually. Just be patient. I used to buy all of my unicorn sweaters at thrift shops, and I'm not embarrassed to say it. For sale. Sega Dreamcast. Never played. I legit saw a VCR in a thrift shop for $20 about four years ago, but I didn't buy it because I figured I'd never find a head cleaner for it. That last sentence made me age 30 years. (laughs) 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 <laughs> All right, folks, it's sports. Dun, 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 dun. All right, I want to talk to you about a sport that um, I probably is not being played right now because of COVID, but it is a summer classic from back in the day. Putting your hand on a car and then the last person to have their hand on the car wins the car. Oh, I remember this. My, my dad used to work for an auto dealership and they had one of these. Yep, it's, it's a time-honored tradition. Radio stations love to do it. Car dealers love to do it. And the rules, if you... I, I don't know if this is just an American thing, but the rule is you put your hand on the car, you're standing there, and if your hand leaves the car at any point, you're out. And the last person with their hand on the car wins the car. Yeah, and they usually build in some like brief breaks and things, but they're like 10 minutes. Right. They don't want anybody to, you know, piss their pants or, you know, die of heat stroke or anything. But mm-hmm. um, it's still a, a grueling thing. Some of these contests last for days. Yes. Yes. And uh, I mean, it would suck. But it's it's kind of the ancestor of these old uh, Depression era dance competitions. Right. Right. It's very much in the same vein. And if you're not familiar with these things, um, back during the Depression, when everyone was desperately poor and hungry, um, they would have couples dancing, and if you stopped dancing, you were out, and the prize would be like a pie or something. Right. So you would, <laughs> it's it's like the long walk. The old, right, the uh, Richard the Bachman Stephen story. King. Yeah, Richard Bachman, yes. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but, you know, at the end of it, you get a car. So, I mean, I would I would definitely want to do it. But for me, I would kind of have to cheat to play the, the car game. Sure. But um, would you ever compete for putting your hand on a car, Gene? No. It's true. You've, you've already got a, a nice, reliable vehicle. I, and like, frankly, even if it was a very special car, I like if it was the Batmobile, 
That's literally prob- what I was going to ask you. What if I, I probably still wouldn't want to. I just like that feels like a lot of discomfort. I've got better things to do with my time. I would assume that I'd be put out anyway because, you know, an ambulance or a fire engine comes down the street. I'm going to have to cover my ears because I'm very sensitive to noise. And this is like Gene has super senses. Uh, he is Batman and he has sonar hearing like Batman does. No, no. But I'm just saying, like, I am I am very sensitive to certain stimuli and noise is one of them. And so, I mean, if it were like in a sound isolated chamber, maybe. Yeah, but that's the opposite of how they do it. There's there's yelling and air horns and all kinds yeah, of it's, nonsense. Yeah, it's just not my scene, dude, and no car is worth it. Yeah, well, I'm I'm the same way. You know, uh, there's a, a stimulus that always gets me, and, and you know, as soon as they pull that out, I'd, I'd be out immediately. Finger in the butt. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a classy show. Yeah, yeah, we are. 100% class up in here. All right. Speaking of classy, let's move on to our creature feature. Because, you know, classifications of animals are kind of classy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I'm with that. This week's creature, cougars. Uh, cougars are mammals, large felines that are absolutely carnivorous. They can weigh up to 200 pounds, and that's mostly lean muscle. They're absolute killing machines. And like other felines, they like to have fun with their prey before they attack. Cougars are well known to stalk younger, vulnerable prey and make a meal out of them. They're impressively agile and can jump like nobody's business. They're usually solitary creatures choosing to live alone. And you can usually tell one is nearby because of the very strong Bath and Body Works spray. Cougars may sound dangerous, but they're a part of the sex-positive 21st century, and I'm of the opinion there's nothing wrong with that. There is absolutely nothing wrong with cougars. Now, what's your most dangerous variety of cougar, Gene? Do you know? The uh, the femme fatale. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I dig that. I can dig that. I was going to say the yoga cougar, because you think that you can keep up with the yoga cougar? You can't. No. I didn't even know that was a classification was yoga cougar. Oh, there's for sure yoga cougars. They're out there. You see wow. you see a woman in her late 40s carrying a yoga mat. You don't have what it takes to keep up with that. You don't. All right. Good to know. Happily married, but good to know. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the emotional weather. This week's emotional weather, damp, camp, and I love lamp. My uh, story for damp, we live in Southern Oregon. It rains kind of a lot here, less so some years, but this year it's, it's pretty damp so far. And, uh, you know, every, every year when the autumn hits, I, uh, I'm mostly happy about it. I like when the, when the weather cools down a little bit, temperatures are a little more easy to deal with. But there is something to be said for the incessant rain that we get. But I mean, that's Oregon sunshine. That's what it is. You'll never catch me wearing, you know, using an umbrella. 
No, because I was born here, and I'll be damned if I use an umbrella. We don't do that. It's it's such an in joke about people not using umbrellas that it's been. They use it in uh, ads for the University of Oregon. Did you ever see this one? No. Okay, so there's there's this ad that I love because they really dialed in the Oregonness of it. Um, every it's it pissing rain outside, and there's mm -hmm. a bunch of graduates uh, walking and getting their diplomas. You know. And mm -hmm. one of them uh, stands up and she's holding an umbrella and everybody gasps and they're horrified. But then she shrugs and she throws away the umbrella and the crowd cheers. Yeah, that's very Oregon. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> super cute. I love Umbrellas it. Umbrellas are for the week. Like, it's a little rain. It doesn't matter. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, but it, it is an exceptionally wet year. It is wetter than a yoga cougar watching magic mike xl <laughs> okay well said how about your story for damp i want to talk about the word moist because i don't hate the word moist i'll say it all the time i'll describe things as moist but there are some people who hate the word moist i don't get that either because like a cake that is moist is like the perfect cake well, they've actually done studies on this and they know why people become moist phobic. Because for some people, the association of the word moist has so narrowed to specifically describe bodily functions. And yeah, I figured that was probably it. How fucking repressed do you have to be to internalize? Oh, God, that's it just seems so extreme to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm moist right now. I'm I'm 70% water, you know. I'm moist AF. I'm mm -hmm. so moist right now. Me too. I'm like thoroughly wet. <laughs> right, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. This is, you know, this is a wet show by two wet dudes and we're <laughs> moist as hell. Right. Get down with the damp, baby. Damp it up. Damp it up, baby. Damp it up, indeed. <clears throat> My camp story is about the funny queens who camp it up on RuPaul's Drag Race, and there have been a lot of them over the years. Ben Delacreme in the UK, Kitty Scott Claus comes to mind. She's she's been pretty amazing. But I I feel like the unsung hero of the camp queens is the queen of all camp queens, and in my opinion, that is one Miss Ginger Minge. Mm-hmm. I love you, Ginger. Keep bringing the funny keep bringing the camp indeed you know it's funny because my camp weather was also a drag queen oh really so yeah uh, i wanted to talk about charles bush who is uh, a playwright and actor who uh, has done some of the best camp uh, plays and movies of all time if you've ever seen die mommy die or my personal favorite psycho beach party I haven't seen either of those, but now I have to. Oh, dude. Vampire Lesbians of Sodom? What? Vampire that Lesbians of Sodom. That is a bonkers title. Oh my god, I need to check this out. Yes. Um, yeah, go look up Go look up Charles Bush. Watch all the movies. Uh, start with Psycho Beach Party. It's my favorite. Okay. And uh, just have a great time. I, I no doubt I will. I love lamp. Oakland County, Michigan is launching a $250,000 effort to curb the influx of invasive moth species. 
If only Point Pleasant, West Virginia had been willing to do the same. Well, as the days get shorter and darker, uh, those of you who, like me, might have a touch of the old seasonal affective disorder, which they called specifically so they could call it sad, I know. Yeah. Um, you know, you might benefit from one of those lamps, uh, because I had one of those lamps, and it actually did me a ton of good. Hmm. Uh, you know, you turn that little bastard on in the morning for a few minutes, you have more energy, your mood's a little more elevated. It's not the cure for everything that ails you, but it does help, so... You know, if you find yourself getting the winter blahs, get one of those lamps. Yeah, we love lamp. We love it. As you know, every week, our investigative team uncovers a detailed and harrowing story on food crime. This week, Greg Person has the story. Folks, you might have heard that KFC has created Beyond Chicken. They've it's It's a vegan chicken that they made with the Beyond Company. They've test marketed it. It went really well. And now they're set to be rolling it out any day. You would think I would celebrate this news because I love eating trash food. I particularly love KFC. It's one of my favorites. But also I don't eat animal products anymore. So you'd think this would be great for me. But the Mm -hmm. thing is, it's not. Because it's too good. The KFC is too good. And I'm afraid that if they have... A chicken that is vegan, it's going to be delicious. It it probably will. Yeah. That doesn't mean, though, just because something is vegan, it does not mean it's good for you. Oh, no, that's very true. (laughs) And and you probably still shouldn't eat it. So, but I'm going to be fucking ass deep in the Colonel's special recipe. Mm -hmm. And I won't be able to stop myself. My my body hasn't evolved the defenses against the colonel's chicken. I don't think anyone's body has evolved those defenses, man. That stuff is amazing. No, I mean, and that's the thing. Fast food is delicious. It's more delicious than regular food. Because, right, because it's loaded with stuff that's terrible for you, but tastes amazing. Right, like... Decades of food science have gone into making food that you crave whether or not you actually even like it. Right. <laughs> and I just, you know, slap some some mashed potatoes and gravy on there and like I'm I'm done. I've you know, I've I've lost weight in the last year. My cholesterol is down, my blood pressure is down. I feel fantastic and that's all going to be wiped away <laughs> like tears in the rain. As soon as I can get my hands on this fucking chicken. I'm not sure you're going to be able to eat the KFC gravy, though. I mean, I will anyway. I will. Okay. okay. I, won't, I'm just, I won't care. I, think, I, I won't be able to I think to there's stop. probably some animal product in that. All right. Well, good to know. I'm just saying there's no hope for me now. <laughs> Who would have thought the McPlant is what would make you drop off the deep end? Oh God, if they gave me a McDonald's, if they gave me a vegan Big Mac, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, I see, oh God, my mouth is starting to water just thinking about it. Two plant-based patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Yeah. Mm. All right, let's move on to the podcast shopping network, shall we? Let's do. All right, this week I'd like to talk about blow pens. See, in the 90s, a company called Color Workshop 
came up with a genius idea. What if we sold markers that were a combination marker and airbrush, only you supply the air yourself? And blow pens were created. Blow pens allowed you to blow paint onto the blank page, creating fantastic works of art. Every set included a magic stencil cutter that would cut paper, but not you. So you could, you know, blow the paint onto regions and leave voids so that your artwork popped all that all the more. And you would also get a membership card that allowed you to use the fancy new internet to download more stencils. All of that for $19.99. It seems like a deal that's too good to be true, doesn't it, Greg? It does, Gene. That's because it is. See, you supply the air yourself, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's sold to kids who don't always have as much control as adults, right? There was one safeguard that I guess they couldn't engineer. What if you happen to draw in breath rather than exhaling? Uh Oh, there you go. Yeah, you got a mouth and throat full of paint. Now, is it worse than hot stamps where there wasn't even anything in them? I don't know. You tell me. But I would definitely not be buying this product. Well, if you give me a box full of nothing versus aspirating some ink, I'd probably choose nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there you go. All right. It is time for State Up our weekly review of all the states in the Union, this week, the state of North Dakota. All right. North Dakota, of course, named after the classic Rob Reiner film, North. North Dakota is perhaps best known for being due north of South Dakota. Or as it's also known, Top Dakota and Bottom Dakota. Theodore Roosevelt National Forest is in North Dakota, Named, of course, for the famed former president of the United States, Theodore National Forest. North Dakota is also home to the only good cop, Marge Gunderson. The capital of North Dakota is pronounced, Oh baby, you got what I need, but you say he's just a friend. Our final segment tonight, as every week, is called Person to Person and Person, where we share your valuable feedback with our audience. Some great headlines submitted this week for Headline Haiku. Uh, I've chosen this one, Naked Man Rescued After Three Days Stuck in Theater Wall. What I came up with isn't really a haiku, so I'm just going to call this one a poem. Are you ready for this? Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) The poem. It's getting hot in here. So take off all your clothes. I am getting so hot. I'm going to get stuck in the wall for three days requiring eventual rescue. I'm pretty sure those weren't Mike and Ike's I ate. I think they were laced with LSD. Whoa, Nelly. Beautiful. As always, I'd like to give a shout out to the bros at Brose. We love you guys. And to our voiceover artist, Adam West, who you can find on Fiverr or at his website, awestprod.com. We would also like to thank you. Our beautiful Tims, our loyal listeners. You guys are our little squish babies, and we love you, and we want to sit on you and hatch you like eggs. Whew. <laughs> 
Folks, that's all the news the persons have for you tonight. Would you like a haiku written about the topic of your choice? Send your topic, and the anchor persons might just make that happen. Gene and Greg love your feedback, and there are so many ways to give it to them. Send them an email, anchorpersonspodcast at gmail.com. Find them on Twitter, at anchorpersons. Or visit their website, anchorpersonspodcast.com, where you can leave an audio message via SpeakPipe, as well as find full episodes of the show, blog posts, and more. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcatcher of your choice. Or simply tell a friend. Until next time. This is Gene Person saying you should always end a comedy set with a callback. And this is Greg Person saying moist. Good night. <laughs> H-T-T-P-S colon forward slash forward slash tinyurl.com forward slash Y-V-U-J-R-N 33. You're welcome.